Hello and welcome back to the Across the Pod NFL podcast. I'm your host Andy and we're back talking all things NFL. Now I have to apologise first of all for the lack of content these last few weeks. I have been away on holiday in Thailand so that's basically my excuse for not being around for content but I'm back now and we are going to be talking all things NFL when I do plan in July and August to bring you once again the season previews for every team with a fan of every team. That's the start around July. I have got a three-week break, um, but I'm hoping to bring you content before I go away mid-July and when I come back in early August, and then going on to all the for the month that proceeds before the season starts. And yeah, so we haven't really been around since the mock draft we did on April 25th. Um, of course, that's all happened since. Um, yes, I think there's been some plenty of 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 surprises in the draft. I think the Lions taking Jameer Gibbs was a surprise, as was the Falcons taking B. John Robinson. I think surprise was seeing Christian Gonzalez fall all the way to the Patriots in the in the in the late in the late um late tens. I think it was seventeenth overall he went to the New England Patriots. So it's yeah, and obviously since we've had all this, there's not really been too much announced apart from the schedule. Of course we've had the games in uh London and Germany announced. Uh, I've managed so far to get tickets for two of the games um, to go to Falcons Jags at Wembley and then also going with my dad to watch the Bills against Jags. Very fortunate three friends of the podcast, such as Adam from the franchise tag and Luke Campbell from the hairdryer treatment, um, have very kindly had their tickets that they've given me. So, got to thank them first of all. Uh, I think, yeah, I'm obviously I'm, I'll be looking to hopefully meet up with David, who came on the podcast for our Bills Dolphins review, who I met in Detroit, Buffalo Bills fan. Um, he'll be obviously him and a few others like Karen will be. I, I think Kristen as well will be, go, will be going to London. So, um, hoping that at some point we'll get to meet them. But, um, and obviously, you've got the other game Ravens, Titans, and uh, Chiefs, Dolphins, and Patriots, Colts in Germany, which I'll be, I'll be trying to go to as well. But I have booked tickets also to America. Um, so I've booked tickets to go to talking to Buffalo Bills at hosting the Buccaneers on a Thursday night football game. So I'll be hoping to meet up with David uh, for a lot longer than, than just today on that Sunday. Um, and then obviously then I've booked other challenge you may have seen on my Twitter I've ch- I've planned to go to two games the same day so my plan is 1pm I'll, I'll be staying in Philadelphia so getting a train up half 8 in the morning to Baltimore get there at half 10 game starts at 1 watch the Ravens against the Lions and then at 5.20 my train leaves gets back to Philadelphia at 6.46pm before the 8.20pm game between the Eagles and the Dolphins. So that should be, providing no train delays, it should be a great achievement and a great challenge. And looking at the sort of the, the logistics to getting from one place to the other, it seems like it's quite quick to get from, I think it's like a 40-minute drive to get from the station in Philadelphia to the stadium. Of course, be longer than that because of the day itself um, and obviously with the traffic and all that, but... I've got a good, if I arrived on time, I've got a good hour and a half leeway between games. And, you know, I think hopefully, even if traffic is that bad, um, I could even walk halfway through if I need to. But that is really where a nice segue into what's going to be the content on this channel the next few weeks. So I mentioned before, July, we're going to start doing season previews. But I thought in June, whilst it's a bit quiet in the off-season news, what off front, um, I thought I would sort of, with the schedule being released, and a lot of Brits, as well as Americans, planning their travel this year for games, I thought I would give a British person's perspective, a British NFL fan's perspective, on what each place is to like to visit. So what I'm going to do in the next few weeks is going to 
basically tell my tales of my trip last year. If you don't know my trip, my story of last year, travelled America for three months, went to 21 NFL games in that process, as well as doing a lot of non-sport-based activities. So I thought what I do for most places I went to, I would like to give my tale and get really give a British fan listening, whether you're a fan of that team or just want to visit that place, basically what I did in each place, what the experiences are like, and just to give you a general overview, a general sort of idea of what it's like to visit visit these places. Um, there are some places where I probably won't do, even though I went to games there. I think one standing out is Kansas City because I was there literally just for the game. And there are other places I've been to as well, like Detroit, for example. I may as well give that because there was a Thanksgiving special, but I think there are some places where I didn't really tra- visit places enough. So I, you know, I could still do a, a, a um an episode based on just the game itself, and maybe I could do that in the future. I don't know. Uh, that could be still a part of them, but. My first place was Seattle, and that's what this episode is going to be. It's going to be on Seattle, and I think this is one where I can give a good tale, a good account, because I was there for four or five days, I want to say, and I did a lot of stuff that I wasn't even to do with the game. So, yeah, I thought basically I, I would give my tales, and that's really where we started Seattle. That was my first stop. So I'll set the scene. So I obviously flew from Heathrow. Um, so I was very fortunate that it was on this side of things because I... I'm not great with jet lag, so I thought I would combat that by just trying to last the whole day. So my flight left around 9am in the UK, but got into Heath and gone to Seattle about 11am in Seattle, around about that time. So I really had the whole day, which is pretty surreal because, you know, I would have been arriving about eight hours behind in Seattle, probably about 7-8pm if it was that long a time. So, so yeah, no, I thought, I thought that's what I'd do. So basically what I did, I got off my plane gone Uber to the Airbnb I was staying at and then I managed to basically get there within 40 minutes half an hour and then from then I unpacked my stuff and got down straight to the Space Needle which was not always the plan but I think as I was there I, I really wanted to go to Space Needle and I thought it's not too far to get there from where I was so yeah that's basically what I did my first day so quite a surreal experience I'm not gonna lie it was from a case where you're in London. You've been, I mean, I've been planning this trip for two and a half years. And then, so if you go on, go on a plane, you're in London, and next thing you know, in Seattle, and you're on the space, you're queuing up in the Space Needle to get on the top was was really surreal. Uh, but I've got to say, Space Needle is absolutely fantastic. Whilst I don't think it's something you can do in a whole day, certainly beyond the Space Needle, I think that certainly in the, after maybe 10 minutes of being on top, you soon think, okay, I've done what I want to do here. But you know, if, if you go into Seattle, um, whether it's for a game or just traveling America without seeing games, I think for anyone listening to this podcast, it wasn't my top three. And if you, if you saw my YouTube channel where I rated um, my experiences, Seattle was always at the top because I'll get onto the game later on. But that plus the whole city itself was in my top three places I went to. And I certainly viewed it as somewhere I'd love to go back to. I'm not kind of what a person who would um, who goes back to the same place a lot. I tend to like seeing different places. And I always think that if I had kids one day, I wouldn't be a kind of parent that goes to the same resort, the same country every year. I would try and let my kids see different places. And I think I'm the same with my holidays. But I will say Seattle, one of maybe four places I went to in the, in the US in my trip, but I would go back to no problem. I think Chicago's one. New York is going to be one in 2023. Um, maybe I can be to a game. I want to see Madison Square Garden, but NFL-wise, I don't think I'll see a game there. But I just want to go back to New York because I, I love that. And, Seattle's the same thing, and I 
think I might go back next year to watch the Dolphins play there. But stated itself, I think you can do a lot around it as well. There's there's actually a I think there's a hip hop museum right next door to it. So you know that area itself, you've got a lot to do. You've got a little bit some little gardens. You've got some art around the area that you can look at. And you've got some food stalls, and I think that it's fairly well priced, about thirty dollars. I think I'd have to go back into my my history of my on my banking and see what exactly it cost. But I believe it was around thirty dollars for a ticket to the Space Needle, and it's not something you you can do, but it's not something you have to book in advance. It's literally something you can just um do on the day. Um, there's no real requirement for you to necessarily go there. Um and sort of uh, and book in advance, you can literally just go there on the day, and it would not be a problem at all. But yeah, so that was a space. So that was a space needle. Um, and then basically that that finished around. I think I got there about one o'clock, two o'clock. Finished about four or five, and then that evening I just went back. You know, it was a long day, and I definitely started to feel tired on the <laughs> when I, when I was getting back from the space needle. And I think that I went to bed at a normal time. I believe I. This chilled. I didn't do anything else that evening. I just chilled and relaxed. Um, but then the next day was, of course, the day of the game. Um, so again, just like the Space Needle was, it was very much a, a quick journey to get from my Airbnb to the stadium. Now you can get Ubers. Um, now one one thing will be a theme of this trip that Ubers are expensive, especially on game day. But I managed to get a bus, uh, public transport. It was very easy to get there. Took to the Space Needle about, I want to say. 40 minutes to get to my seat to get to, to get to the Space Needle, uh, adding in the 10 minutes I had to walk. But Seattle's about 20 minute bus. It was really quick to get to. And that really was the same for anywhere in Seattle where I was staying. Um, and if you want, you know, if you want to find out where this Airbnb is, and if you are listening thinking I'm going to the game, I've not yet booked my my Airbnb or my hotel. Or if you're thinking I'm not I'm not I'm not booked anything yet, but I do want to find out whether you can get somewhere close by. I if you DM me on Instagram or Twitter, you can find out for me exactly where that is, I can give you the link to the Airbnb because it's a very, very convenient location. Um, but yeah, going into the game itself, that was on the Sunday. It was the Seahawks against the Falcons now. Just a shameless plug, if you want to go to my YouTube channel, the Eurotrips YouTube channel, you can find the game vlog on there. So if you want a visual experience, obviously if you're listening to this, it's only audio only, but if you want a visual experience of what it is like to go to a game in Seattle or Lumen Field, do go on my channel, on YouTube channel, and you can find the vlog in our videos where I basically take you into what it's like to go to a game. There's some fan interviews after the game, and there's a little bit of a insight as to what you can do before the game. But yeah, so the game was on. Obviously, it was the second lot of games, so 9:25 p.m. in the UK. But it was um, it was much. It was obviously it was 1:25 p.m. So weird experience for me. My first time being in America and watching games on the TV. There, I was watching Red Zone at 10 a.m. in this bar. Um, I thought that was really cool because if you, if anyone knows me on a personal level, you know that I'm, I'm a morning person. I'm not someone who likes staying up too late or even can stay up too late. I can if I need to, but I always like if I can. If I'm not doing anything, to go to bed at a fairly reasonable time, especially on weekdays and even weekends. Um, so I found this great watching games 10 a.m. Absolutely perfect for me. And that's why I, I still plan one day to go to Australia to watch the Super Bowl because you're watching that at 10.45 a.m. on a Monday. I think it's absolutely fantastic. But... Yeah, um, so the bus actually dropped me off right next to the stadium, which is handy. Um, so it drops you off. There's a bit you get off at, and you can see the stadium literally on your left. It's 
Ian again is not one that you know he doesn't get the headlines like a Lambert Field, like a Arrowhead, like a like AT&T, like a US Bank is not one that people talk about. And I think it should be talked about more. And I can certainly vouch for this having gone to the game. But you go there and you see this, you see the stadium, and it's absolutely breathtaking from an outside point of view. I mean, when I was going, it wasn't raining, which you know Seattle was well known for. Uh, it was a whole trip, half in the last day, the whole trip was pretty much perfect weather. Um, about early 20s Celsius, um, absolutely fantastic. And the stage just blows you away. And it's if you like your baseball, which I'm sort of slowly getting into, but I don't really watch on TV, it's right next to the Mariner Stadium, which I find actually a very, very weird stadium. I think it's um, architecturally, I don't think it's that great. And I, I, I find it weird. I don't see what, it doesn't look that nice. But, you know, I'm not a fan of this Mariner's all really that big of a baseball. So, if you're listening to this podcast and thinking, I want to tell me why it's a specially built stadium, then please, please let me know because otherwise I can't really see what the pillars. But going back to the going back to Lumen Field, um, so yeah, you get it's what actually I go back to public transport again. It's right next to the train station as well. So for me, it is. And if you are listening to this podcast and you've either for myself speaking or before even listened to this podcast, you had you had a inspiration to go to Seattle to a game again get trained down there and you're right next to it um but yes yeah, so you get there and i you know i, I wanted to watch resident especially but watching red zone ads you know i wanted to get the pre-match atmosphere but also i wanted to watch the dolphins bills so i went to this bar i went to one bar originally which is literally right next to you can literally see the stage from the outside they wanted a passport which obviously i didn't have because i was not expecting to to be to be needing that i have my driving license etc and this is back where I, I was drinking in america um, so I ended up going to a different bar, but it was still, you know, three or four minute walk from the stadium. Uh, but yeah, got there and I'm actually glad I went there because I'm sure I've no doubt that inside that, inside that, um, that bar I couldn't get into, I'm sure it'd have been a great atmosphere, but the one I got was, was really cool. Um, there was loads and loads of fans and you know, I, I met some great people as well. And there were, there were fans everywhere I went, you know. Yeah, it's, it was really hard to get a seat and I was very thankful that a group of lads did let me sit next to them and if they are listening hello but I, I don't know whether they even even know my podcast exists but um, yeah it was really cool um, just sit down and watch games you know because in the UK I think maybe the first few weeks because it's still the summer it's not as bad but in the winter you know you get to about 6pm and it's dark you know it, it's normally cold you know it, it's you're normally tired by six bit especially if you've been watching Premier League football all day like I do or a different sport all day and then going on to the NFL you can be quite tired before the games even start but for me I, I've never watched games being so wide awake it was it was brilliant and I, I'm all for it um, and also I know they'll never change that because that'll be on ridiculous time in America if they did change it to 10 p.m UK time 10 a.m UK time but yeah so you watch the games you know had some food um I wouldn't say the food is that great, if I'm honest, but I don't think you're really going to a bar expecting food to be, you know, mission staff quality. You know, it wasn't bad, but I think I've definitely had better food elsewhere. But yes, yeah, so did that. Then, then came the time of the game itself, and you know, you walk to see. And I have to say, like this is actually a theme of a lot of the American stadiums. You can often have a view of your of the whole stadium before even getting to your seat. And if you what if you're used to going to Premier League grounds. You only really, apart from maybe a glimpse of going past each each section, a little gap you get, get obviously the one you normally get to go to your seat. But and obviously then you only really see your your part and obviously you then see the whole stadium. But in America, Lumenfield was a great example of this. You can see the whole stadium whilst trying to find your seat. 
So a lot of times they have a main bit where you go in, they have the main sort of bit where you scan your ticket. And in America, it's this case you get scanned by airport security, which is understandable, knowing that, you know, there's for obvious reasons they, they have airport style security there, which I, I think actually should be a thing in the UK, to be honest. I know people might get annoyed at that. And I know they have it at the, the London games at Wembley and Tottenham. Um, but I don't think I've seen that really at Premier League grounds or Championship or League One, etc. So that was really good, I thought. But then going into the, um, you obviously you then you go through the first bit and then you've got a thing of, right, where's my seat? And you have pretty much, you can get into any seat you want, really, if you wanted to. Obviously, people are going to kick you out your seat if you're in a spot, etc. But you can pretty much get into any seat you want from that point. But see, I'm looking for my seat. I find it. And I was actually, I don't even know how I managed to get this ticket right. So it wasn't even, you know, I was kind of person that I don't really mind where I sit. I don't think, I'm not like someone who wants to be near the front or that I don't care whether I'm right at the top or right at the bottom. And I, I think I sometimes prefer it right at the top because you, you see more stuff going on. But I somehow managed to find myself, bear in mind I bought the cheapest ticket I could find at the time on Ticketmaster. I ended up being in amongst the 12s. Now, this is something that when when I, ha I had no idea I was doing before the game, I stopped when I, I mentioned I met people before the game. They asked me where I sat and I was saying I'm sitting in this seat, which I forgot what the number is. But they they were like saying, "Oh my goodness, you're basically in the in the twelve section." Which if you, if you don't know the history, if you're new to the NFL and you're listening to this podcast, uh, the twelves are basically like the hardcore fan base of Seattle. They've retired in the twelve jersey for a reason. They're basically like the twelfth man, and this is like a very unique hardcore part of the stadium. And I was so fortunate to be part of this. Um, and the seats were amazing. You're behind the goals, so you can see everything, and that's the beauty of this stadium. I think a lot of stadiums don't have in any sport is that you can be anywhere in the world and you feel like you're almost you're, you're pressing down on the stage i think white hot lane tottenham stadium in the old was one of the ones in the uk that is like that in premier league but i think the nfl this is the best example of that i could find in any of the, any of the 23 stadiums i went to games at or i've been to games at in america 22 i should say um it's literally like that you you feel like you're almost in within on the field itself you feel like you're playing you feel like you're gina smith or marcus mariota it, it it was simply like nothing i can say and one thing to say i think what i found with a lot of stadiums that you either get the atmosphere but it's a very old school stadium or you get an amazing stadium but not the best atmosphere shout out to sofi stadium but this one you had both and it's just something that i think every nfl fan you have to go to seattle is a nice place to visit a nice stadium and yeah, the game itself was great. I, the Seahawks won, and I can't remember for life of me what the score was. I believe it was 24-21, but do correct me in the comments if I'm wrong there. But, and yeah, the, state, the game happened very warm, which I love. Very much a great experience. And then, yeah, you finish a game, and you walk out, see your fans just there with you. And, you know, <laughs> I, I we had beaten the Bills that day, and I had gone to, the, there's a guy in the Dolphins jersey, which, again, I'll go into that in a minute, but I said to the guy, oh, great win today. I don't think he knew what, what the Dolphins were. I don't I don't know why where, why he didn't know what I was on about. He, he gave like a very like, yeah, it was a good result, but didn't give me much. Now, I don't know why that is. Maybe he thinks there's a stranger approaching him. Um, I, I don't know, but I not, I not even drank at that point because I knew I was doing the vlog. But I knew I wanted to wait until I'd done the filming to then enjoy myself with a few beers. Um, but yeah, that, that was certainly, and I think that, that's one thing you find with a lot of stadiums is that people will wear jerseys no matter what the team is. Now, 
I thought, and I'm sure a lot of Brits fans, British fans do think as well, that they've got unique part of London. The games is that, look, we've got a fan of every team. And whilst, you know, you don't get a fan of every team in these American games, but you do get people with Dallas Cowboys hats, with Dolphins jerseys, with with Buccaneers tops, with Patriots jerseys. I, I think that is, I've got absolutely no problem with that at all. Um, I know some people that would. Um, for me personally, it's all about celebrating the game. I mean, I personally didn't partake in that, apart from once where I wore a Dolphins hat because it was so warm. Uh, but, you know, at a Falcons game, but normally I, I try to stay away from just the, I, I would just do it purely at Dolphins games, but that was one exception. But, yeah, that, that was really the end of my tale about the game itself. Um, so going on to the next, that, that was obviously the Sunday Going into the Monday, now, I went to visit a place called Pike Place Market, which is basically like a very, it's basically, it's a very famous market in America. Now, it's by a lot of things. Um, so, it's first of all, it's by the original Starbucks, which I went to after visiting the market, which is, I think, if you're, even if I'm not even a coffee drinker, and if I do drink tea, it's not from Starbucks. I don't really like Starbucks that much, but it was really cool to see, to see it. It was really cool to see where the original Starbucks was, was created and, and, and built. So that was really cool. But next it was the market, and that's really where I spent most of my Monday. Um, you know, I'm a guy who likes my food, and, you know, I went, I delved in fish and chips, which I, I actually think are better than the UK fish and chips because like, there's less crispy batter. It was very much, like, quite smooth. Um, yes, yeah, so quite light as well. So for me, that was brilliant. But I had that next, to, obviously, with the view of the harbour, which was, I thought was brilliant. Um, and then the um, obviously the market itself. I mean, there's a video I I can put on the social that basically involves fishermen um, chucking fish at people. It's it's hard to describe that you're actually watching it. And you, I believe it was on my TikTok in the in the past. I have to double check that. It's definitely on our vlog. So if you have, I did also do a, a vlog uh, exploring Seattle um, as well as the game itself as a separate video, and you can find that video on there, which actually I'll probably do, I'll probably leave it for TikTok because of the landscape view it's at. It wouldn't really work for TikTok, but yeah, and that's really, I just explored, I just literally just explored Seattle that day, that was on Monday, so looked at all the food markets. If you've actually watched um, Sleepless in Seattle, you can see the market there, and I actually filmed part of it in there, so I didn't realise until literally about a month ago when I got my flight to Thailand on the plane, I watched the film, and it, it was there. Um, but all round, it's a great place if you're a foodie. Even if, even if you're not a foodie, just to see very old school buildings, um, it's brilliant. And you know, the, the weather certainly helped. You know, and the rest of the day really was just was just chilling by in Seattle. So, you know, walked around, got a view of the of the of the, of the grass and the parks you could see around there. But then, really, the the, the main part, I probably would put it. I'd say my top three, definitely my top three activities the whole trip. Certainly my favourite part of Seattle was the next day. Now, I've got to admit, I didn't know this, this existed until I got to Seattle. Now, what I did for a lot of places, I would go on TripAdvisor. I would um, then just basically try and keep some sort of... Because I booked all my tickets in advance, booked all my flights and buses and trains from place to place, booked all my Airbnbs, booked all my game tickets, and I wanted to keep a little bit of spontaneous... And not know what I was doing in each place. Obviously, there's some things that I knew I was going to do. Like, you know, when I go to, when I went to New York, I knew I was going to have a, uh, I was going to go to the Empire State Building. I knew I was going to be going to, you know, the Hollywood sign in LA and, and, walk, and the Walk of Fame, etc. But I literally, the only thing I had planned that I knew I was doing in Seattle was the um, Space Needle, which I also went to on the first day. So, TripAdvisor, I think if you're 
I think if you're going to travel America or anywhere in the world for that matter and you want to know what to do, just Google TripAdvisor top 10 things to do in X. So whether, whether that's Seattle, whether that's, you know, Thailand, whether that's Stockholm, anywhere you want to go, that's one thing I do because it gives you the top 10 rated things by people to do. And that was number one. Mount Rainier Mountain was the number one thing to do in Seattle at that time on TripAdvisor. And I've got to say, it is literally worth every penny. So I've got to say just disclaimer to everyone, it isn't cheap. If you're wanting a cheap holiday, don't go, don't go there. But I think personally, if you want to spend money on something that's a memory for a lifetime, Mount Rainier is the thing to do that isn't an NFL game. It's I could have spent even longer there. It's, it's a whole day. So the we I booked a trip. I booked it through TripAdvisor. $178, I believe it was. It's definitely in that region. Um, and I thought to myself, you know what? I'm only here once. I'm going to book it. So I booked it literally the, the night before, I want to say. And I got home fairly early-ish. I booked a ticket and I went the next day. And um, literally, I couldn't recommend anything more. So... Yeah, it, it took a little bit of time to get to where the bus picked you up from, but I I got them about half an hour to spare. So what you do, you get on this bus, it takes you there and back on the same day. So you it actually dropped you off actually by the stadium, ironically. Um, I don't know why I went to a different spot, but so you get there, you get on this bus, and I had about I want to say eight people on the bus with me, um, and then most of them were. From um from 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 Dallas and Texas, ironically. Um, but yeah, I've got to shout out Joey and Andrea, uh, people I've met and kept in contact with since they won the best one, as were other people. Um, and yeah, basically picked you up and then you have a tour guide. I believe his name is Ron, but I've forgotten his name. I do apologize to if you are if you are listening to this podcast, uh apologies for forgetting your name. But yeah, basically takes you there and back as a tour guide, little stops on the way, and he gives you the information about each place. So Get there first of all. Stop you off at a um at a supermarket where you can get back bites to eat, which was needed. They they do give you lunch as well, but for certainty on the way, uh, I think it would be recommended because you are on on the bus for actually on the bus about six hours. I want to say maybe seven hours if you're not even including the stops. So it's a long it's a long day and it's a long trip. So um yeah, you're gonna need something whether you bring it beforehand with you or whether you do it there. You didn't have much time yet. You, you had to rush around a little bit. They only give you about 10 minutes to get your food and, you know, you get, get tea or coffee and you're waiting about five minutes for that. So it's very much a, a rush, but, you know, that's really the least you're going to have to worry about. Um, but, yeah, some of the sites you see on this way. Now, again, I do apologise to Ron. I forgot half the things he told me, but there's some really cool things you get told about on the, on this thing. But the views you get are fantastic. They really are, like, some of the best I've ever experienced. Um, so... Yeah, if you look, follow my Instagram, you'll see all the photos from Seattle and there's some pictures from Mount Rainier. And if you want some more, again, like before, DM me on Instagram or Twitter and I, I can inform you about, you know, I can show you the pictures that I took. And obviously, if you went there, you'll see for yourself. But, you know, there's some really cool things that you, you could do then. You know, there's some really cool waterfalls, some really cool mountain views. There was one point where we could see some black bears. Uh, they were sort of guarded by by security guards, but you can see them just walking around being very free, which I know they get, you know, they, they, they can be quite a scary animal if they want to be, but it was really cool just to see that. Um, but otherwise than that, it was very much a very wholesome day, and there's one I really enjoyed. Um, you know, of course, saw some cool mountains, got some great pictures, and that's really 
all I can say without really spoiling it for listeners if you want to go there. If you're going to go there, TripAdvisor will tell you a bit more. And also Google Images can show you what it's like picture-wise as well. Um, so, yeah, some really, really cool um, court experience. And that was really my Tuesday wrapped up before I then eventually left um, for Cincinnati. Um, so, yeah, that is really all it is for this episode, really. I think that's all I can really say, really. That's everything I did in the four, three or four days I was there. Um, and, yeah, I just want to... Yeah, I'd say probably um, it probably cost you. Obviously, I mentioned the price of the of the, of the uh, Mount Rainier game ticket cost about I think about eighty eighty dollars, maybe seventy five dollars. Um, so you know, if you're going to go to America, you're expecting to spend money. But I think obviously I only I didn't have one drink there, but beers are expensive. Uh, I think I paid ten dollars for a beer there for a pint of beer. Um, it was crafted ale, but even so, um, yeah. You are, I think Seattle has got some parts which are pricey, but I think otherwise than that is the general standard um, cost of Seattle things. So, yeah, I, I think that Seattle, I think, is one place where you have to just, you have to just pay the stuff because there are things in Seattle that you can't do anywhere else, pretty much. So, yeah, I hope you guys enjoyed this first episode of my traveling tales in America and what it's like to experience Seattle for an NFL game. And, you know, definitely a place you can do in three or four days. I think a long weekend is all you need. I think some places like New York, for example, where you think you, you, think you need a week. LA, you can probably fall into that trap. But Seattle, I think you can do everything in four days. And I think it's something I would really, really recommend. Um, public, public transport was very good. The game experience was very good. The things I did were amazing. So for me, yeah, I think this is one place I would really recommend and and yeah also you can catch my thoughts on it as well in our ratings video um and of course you can catch our tiktok where i did do a tiktok on this experience both the mount rainier park space market as well as the um game itself so yeah that has been our first episode of this mini series on the across the pod podcast where i just give you my traveling tales of going to nfl games in the meantime this has been the across the pod podcast i've been andy and i'll see you guys next time